Hello. Thank you for joining us today for the Harvest Time Church weekly podcast. As you listen today, we pray that you are richly blessed and that the message would guide you deeper into your walk with Jesus and help you to advance His kingdom here on earth. Have a blessed day. This hasn't just impacted you temporarily, but this is going to be a series that continually transforms you throughout a lifetime. You'll see your shirt, People, Purpose, Presence, and you will be reminded of the present series of where we just ask God to be a part of everything we do, every moment of our life. We have to realize that His presence truly is what excites us. You know, we talked about dancing and shouting and, and all of these responses. That can never come out of a heart that is not excited. You got that? It can't. Like if you say, well, yeah, I'm just not feeling it. So this morning, we're going to look at what the Word of God says. Sorry, this thing is not staying clipped. Messing it up. Sorry. Um, but we've got to realize that in His presence is what keeps us charged up. How many of you have ever forgot to plug your cell phone in at night? And you get up in the morning, and what happens? God forbid it dies and your alarm doesn't go off. Right. But we realize that for a phone to work like it is supposed to, it has to be plugged in just like that. Your life has to be plugged into the presence of God or your life will not work like it's supposed to. You cannot function without the presence of God. How many of you are coffee drinkers? How many of you know, even when you're used to the caffeine level, coffee just mentally makes it right. Even if you feel no increase in your energy level, there's something about that cup of coffee that that changes it. It's just like that with the presence of God. There's something about the presence of God that just changes the condition, the situation, and it just makes you function like God has called you to to function. Being in His presence is the only way to continually live a life of passion and excitement towards the things of God. If we get to the place of where we feel like our life is dull and boring and we're not excited about the things of God like we used to be, we really need to evaluate, have we been spending time in the presence of God. Now, we're believing that, you know, as a church, we are creating a place where the presence of God will come and He will show up. So you say, Pastor Noe, I don't have a lot of time to get in the presence of God. Well, just keep coming on Sundays because we do set this time apart to allow God's presence to come and to change us. Now, I would encourage you, and that's the focus of this whole series that we went through, to practice the presence of God throughout your week, in every moment, in every day. So the word excite actually means strong feelings of enthusiasm and eagerness in someone. So we know when we're talking about being excited about the things of God, the thing that we are excited about is just what Jesus has done for us. The stories we're told, the promises that God keeps in His Word. So think about for a moment when you experienced uncontrollable excitement. I'm going to let you pause there just for a minute. Think of a time that you were just excessively excited. Now I'm going to give you a few examples of things that excite almost everyone. Hopefully one of these you'll connect with or you'll be like, hey, that's never happened, but if it was, that would make me excited. So here's something that would excite most everyone. Finding money in an unexpected place. Any, any ladies do laundry and your, your man leaves money in that back pocket? And you say, that's mine now. Right. Finding it in an unexpected place. Uh, Stoplights going your way where you hit nothing but green lights. You ever done that? Yes. Because we know what the alternative is. All the red lights. Oh, Lord, help me. Right. So also when your favorite song comes on the radio. You get excited, you know, getting a package earlier than expected when they say, hey, your shipping date is actually earlier or you show up that morning and that day and it's already there. Right? Also, getting a good grade on something you thought you failed. You ever done that? There's no way I passed. I got to see. Yes. Right? The excitement that comes with that. Um, realizing that the weekend is here. I got anybody that ever gets excited about that when you survive the week? What about getting out of class or getting out of work early? They say, you know what? We're going to pay you. Go home early. Hallelujah. Like, we'll be excited about those things, right? What about when we're having a good hair day? Oh. Everybody that did not have a good hair day this morning kind of went, wasn't feeling it. How about getting extra food for free? You bought one Big Mac and they gave you two. 
They threw a few extra tacos in your bag, right? Whatever it may be. Finding quarters in the vending machine. You ever done that? You get in there, it's loaded up with quarters? I'm talking about having a good day, being excited. What about being around your family? Watching your favorite team win the game. Right? See all the Texans fans rise up or shrink down. All the Cowboys fans get all excited or shrink down. But when your team is winning, you're so excited about those things. What about your child's first steps or your child's first words that they've spoken? What about graduating from school or getting a promotion in your career? Let's shift gears a little bit. Other things we're excited about. What about getting to go to church? Gathering together as a family of God. Remembering Jesus died for your sins that you've committed and all the ones that you will ever commit. Realizing you were free in Christ to be free. Realizing that death, hell, and the grave has been defeated by God and He holds the victory in His hands. What about realizing that Daddy God takes care of you and no one will mess with you because you are His? What about realizing that nothing can separate you from the love of God and that every day we get to experience His powerful presence in our life that He's created for us and He is the creator of heavens and earth? No excitement? That is a moment where you need to celebrate. We're going to talk real quick. I I need to teach you something before I go any further. The importance of a praise break. Now, if you don't know what that is, I'm going to help you. I don't know if you've ever been to a black church. Glory. They get the organ going. They get excited. There's moments where the pastor loses the service because the people of God get so excited about what God is doing. And there's a connection moment where it's like, hold on, pastor. I got to praise just for a minute. And they get that praise on. They start going. They get excited about the things of God because they cannot contain their excitement. So if you cannot, if you don't, if you're not excited, do you realize what Christ has done for you? There should be an excitement and a passion. Say, hold on, Pastor. Time out. Oh, Lord, thank you for your goodness. Think about all those things that I just said. You're forgiven. You're free. All right, we're going to practice a praise break. Let's try it just for a minute. Think, Think of something that God has done for you. If your mind goes blank, he saved you. He gave he he gave you freedom. He delivered you. He rescued you. He loved you when you were a sinner. He saw the potential in you before you saw the potential in yourself. When the world said you would amount to nothing, he said, oh, I've created you beautifully and fearfully and wonderfully made. Come on. All right. So if I say praise break in this this sermon, take a moment and have a praise break. We're going to practice what we're preaching this morning, okay? So the presence of God in our lives brings an excitement to our lives that does not compare to anything else or should not compare to anything else. Now, I know we got some radical football fans in here. So if we could be just as fanatical about the things of God, we would find ourselves getting stuck in praise breaks. All right? So we're going to look at Acts 2, 22 through 28 this morning in the New Living Translation. Uh, for our core uh, scripture this morning, but it says, People of Israel, listen. God publicly endorsed Jesus the Nazarene by doing powerful miracles, wonders, and signs through him, as you know, as you well know. But God knew what would happen, and he prearranged and his prearranged plan was carried out when Jesus was betrayed. With the help of the lawless Gentiles, you nailed him to the cross and killed him. But God You see that right there? Every time there is a but God moment, we realize that God did something unexpected or his plan prevailed. That that, that should encourage praise breaks every time we say but God. Somebody told you, you're not going to amount to anything. Oh, but God. Right? It says, but God released him from the horrors of death and raised him back to life for death could not keep him in its grip. Verse 25, it says, King David said this about him. I see the Lord is always with me. I will not be shaken for he is, at, he is right beside me. No wonder my heart is glad and my tongue shouts his praise. My body rests in hope for you will not leave my soul among the dead or allow your Holy One to rot in the grave. You have shown me the way of life and you will fill me with the joy of your presence. So when we talk about His presence, it's a joyous, it's an exciting thing. It should not be one of those little golf claps of saying, Ooh, so much excitement. Right? 
There should be something that excites us about the things of God. So when we break down that scripture, what is the first thing in this passage that King David saw that should get us excited about the presence of God? The first thing, when I am reminded that God is always with me. He's always with me. How many of us have said it? Lord, where are you? Did you forget me? Where are you? He says, no, son, daughter, I'm right here with you. How many of you know when we learn to walk, sometimes he lets us walk a little bit? How many of you know if you carry a baby all the time, they will never learn to walk? Ever been there? I don't know why they're not walking. Put them down. But he's my baby. You want him to walk or you want to baby him forever? God wants you to learn to walk. But he is always right with you. He's always near you. God is always with me. Can you say that? Say, God is always with me. In the good, the bad, the ugly, the highs and the lows, God is always with me. That was a promise that David realized, and you got to realize it. If you realize, that's exciting. Anything I go through in a moment of struggle, in a moment of fear, in a moment of doubt, God is right there. Every single time. You know what leaves us as Christians? It's kind of like, well, I just didn't know what to do. Well, you should ask God. He was right there with you. Right? But we, we feel like we're all alone. But you know what it is? The enemy wants you to think you're all alone. But David realized that God was always with him. And that's something to get excited about. But it says, I see that the Lord is always with me. Do you see the Lord in your life? Do you see him? Or you're like, well, uh, I read my Bible. No, I'm talking about, do you see the handiwork of God in your life? Have you ever had a sickness or pain or something that just wouldn't go away? And then all of a sudden you arose to faith. You trusted God for it. And wow, worked better than an ibuprofen. The headache just went away. What about stress or anxiety? Or you're going through something and you don't know how to cope. And all of a sudden you say, God. And he releases it to you. Do we see the handiwork of God? If you don't see the handiwork of God in your own salvation, you're missing it. He worked on your heart of stone. He penetrated your heart of stone and brought you to the place of saving knowledge of who he is. We should see the handiwork of God all around us. I praise God when I see marks of God's work in my kids' lives. Or they will respond with the actions of Christ. Now, there's times they respond with the action of the world. But I thank God when I see the handiwork of something they've learned or something they've meditated on and the word produces action in their life. But God is always with us. Do you see him in your life? If God has been faithful thus far, why should we fear or fret? Faithfulness is who He is. He's faithful. Think about every season you went through, the hard ones. I'm not talking about the easy ones. It's very easy to say, oh, God, you were with me during the mountaintop moments. What about the valleys of our life? Now, how many times in that valley do we get mad at God and we say, why did you leave me? Why did you forsake me? Why were you not with me? Now, there are some psalms that were written that way. Lord, where have you been? Why are you not answering my prayer? But do you realize a lot of those psalms were written before Jesus came? So when Jesus came, Father God turned away from Jesus once so that he would never have to turn away from us. He became sin for us. He was the mediator between God and man. So that God would, so that the, the thing that would separate us would now unify us. That's the work of what Jesus did. Hebrews 13, 5 through 6, it says, Keep your life free from the love of money and be content with what you have. For he has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. If you've ever heard anything contrary to that, it was a lie of the enemy. I will never leave you or forsake you. So we can confidently say, the Lord is my helper, I will not fear. What can man do to me? You're like, well, he could kill me. Hey, that sounds like a win, I go to heaven. What can they do to me? God is on my side, he's with me. He's right there next to me. We have to realize that there's going to be, that there's going to be times in our life of seasons of plenty, and there's going to be times in our life of seasons of a little bit of lack. But we have to realize that the faithfulness of God is forever. What some of us got to realize, money is not what secures us, but it's actually God who secures us. He holds us in His hand. He does not allow anything 
to destroy us. Now, He allows things that changes us. But He doesn't destroy us, thank God. We'd all be dead for lack of wanting to change. But God's work is always intentional. Do you see that the Lord is always with you? Do you see that He is at your right hand that I may not be shaken? Because there are things in our life that shake us. You know, I think some people say, oh, well, I'll never be shaken. Man, I've been shook. But it says He stands next to us because if He's not standing next to us and we're shaken, we could completely fall. But He is right next to us. He is with us, helping us to stand straight, to stand strong, to be shaken, but not crumble, to be pressed, but not destroyed. It's the promise of His Word. He steadies us in the storm is what He does. He doesn't remove us from the storm. He steadies us through the storm of life. The storms will come, but God stands beside you. God is always with me. Can you see Him? You know, one thing I'm always reminded of, you know, when something's coming against me or somebody's picking on me, what do your kids say if they're smart and somebody's picking picking on them at school? Don't make me tell my daddy. Well, I'm going to go tell my daddy. Now, I don't know how that really works in the schools. Like, they probably wouldn't let me in the school to bust up that kid. But we got to realize that Daddy God is like that. Don't make me tell my dad, well, where is he? He's standing right beside me. He goes before me. He hedges me in from behind. He takes care of me because I am his son or I am his daughter. That is who he is. So we got to remember that. He is right there with us. Amen? So... So the first thing, God is always with me. That should be something that excites us. He's always near to us. His Spirit actually lives within us now. That's something to be excited about. Secondly, it says that He stirs gladness in in my heart and He gives my body rest. It says, my heart was glad. Another word we can use, it was excited and my tongue rejoiced. Notice those things were connected. Now, I've, I've seen some people when you're trying to be quiet or if your baby's sleeping, you've ever seen that silent excitement when you're trying to get excited? You're, like, and you're super excited, but you're trying to be quiet. But what happens if you could truly let it out? Yes, oh, yeah, you know, like, get a little bit, and your wife comes in, baby's sleeping. Like, right? I'm talking about excited. We have to realize that, that in this, when my heart is glad, my tongue rejoices. When there's excitement within, so it's, it's kind of like a soda that you shake up, and if you just crack it a little bit, what happens? It comes out. It cannot be contained as that excitement rises from the inside out. There's a story of David where he was dancing foolishly before the Lord, and people judged him, and they said, why are you dancing like that? Undignified. You're looking, you're looking like an idiot. He says, huh, I will even become more undignified. Was it, was it to show just himself off? No. It was an expression of the excitement that was happening within that he could not contain. It was coming from the inside out, just like that soda, and it's got to go somewhere, and he turned that excitement into praise. It stirs gladness in our heart. You know, it's difficult to get excited and remain silent. It's actually not even that fun. You ever seen it trying to be excited, but you're like, like, it's just boring. Just doesn't work. Can you imagine going over the top of a roller coaster? That anticipation, you're looking and you're going like, oh, it's like. No, you're not allowed to ride. Contain your excitement. No, ah, you throw your hand. It's so it's an exciting moment. So if we are truly excited about the thing, why are we like that? Can't get too excited. Oh, you're clapping too loud. It's, it's a little much. We cannot contain our excitement. When that excitement happens, our tongue rejoices. That means the words of your mouth, the words that come out of your mouth are going to be connected. Can you imagine a silent Super Bowl party? It just doesn't make sense. Just like it wouldn't make sense for a silent church. But yet, how many times are we guilty of either caring about, well, what if this person laughs at me? I'm a big boy. I ain't made to jump. 
Who cares? Let us express what we feel on the inside. Do not contain it. It cannot be contained, but allow it to bubble out from inside of you and allow it to be expressive. I've seen some of you act pretty foolish at a Super Bowl party. I'm going to film you next time, and we're going to put it up on the screen, and we're going to put it to worship music. You'll be like, wow. <laughs> that's, a, that's what I look like? Man. Can we look more like that in the church? This isn't a pride thing. This isn't just a showboat thing. This is an expression of the heart. It says, my heart was stirred with gladness. And then the words of my mouth, the tongue, my tongue rejoiced. Remembering what God has done releases gladness in our heart. Isaiah 61.3, it says that he crowns us with beauty instead of ashes. You realize that? He crowns you with beauty instead of ashes. He releases the oil of joy instead of mourning. He takes your mourning and he releases joy. What else does he do? It says that he actually gives us a garment of praise for a spirit of heaviness. Now, we got to think about this. Heaviness happens. Why? Because we're in the flesh. We live in a body. We have emotions. There's going to be days we feel like it. There's going to be days we don't. But there are moments in the presence of God when we come before Him on a corporate Sunday morning where God wants to be glorified and we can actually take our frustration, our depression, and we can say, Lord, I'm going to replace that. I'm going to give you this and you're going to give me this. I'm going to give you my heaviness and I'm going to put on the joy of the Lord. It's what you put on. It's what you decide to wear. So you can choose heaviness or you can choose praise. You want to know how to get out of a bad mood real quick? Start praising. You want to stay doom and gloom? Leave the praise coat over there in the back or give it to somebody that wants to praise. You can either praise yourself out of your circumstance or you can stay in your circumstance. It's up to you. You determine what coat you put on. I'm going to put my coat of praise on. The pastor knows he's jumping around because I'm a big boy. I got really excited. I try to get some movement up here. I, I'm wor God's working on that in me too. But allow the response to come out of what our heart is desiring to do. There's different responses based on things that I'm feeling. When you're bummed out and you hurt, what do you do? Cry. When I'm excited, overjoyed, something's got to come out. Shouldn't be crying at that moment, right? Unless I got tears of joy. That's always been an interesting one, right? I'm just crying. Why? I'm so happy. I never understood that one. It's like, all right, God, I guess that's tears of joy. I never understood that. Well, we'll ask them when we get to heaven. Lord, what was up with that one? So we got to realize that we can put on whatever coat we want. The choice is yours. We got to realize that praise is what breaks the spirit of heaviness. When you're not uh, if you're not excited when you praise God, do you really know why we praise? Maybe you forgot. Maybe you lost the focus. That's one thing I always try to do. I always try to remember the cross. I always try to remember the blood of Christ. I always try to remember what Christ has done because Christ is what has made us worthy to enter into His presence unhindered. I don't worship and praise because I'm worthy. I praise and worship because of what He has done. And He allows me to come into His throne of grace with confidence. You're never guilty no more. Come on. That is a praise break moment. We can come boldly in. Well, I had a bad week, Pastor. No, it don't matter. The grace and blood of Jesus was good enough. It either works or it don't. You either lathered yourself in it or you never have. But once you're lathered in it, you're covered in it. You can't get rid of it. It sticks to you. And God willing, it repels the sin of our life. As we wash in it, as we bathe in it, as we bask in it, it is what allows us to come boldly before His throne. But if you're not excited, maybe you don't know. Maybe you don't realize what Christ has really done. Now you may say, Pastor Noe, I'm not, very, I'm not a very expressive person. What if somebody gave you a brand new car this morning? Man, that's a nice car, but I wanted a green one. I don't care what color that car is. How, how excited would you be about that? What if someone gave you a large sum of money or gave you a check, said, fill it out however you want, and then go cash it? Oh, man, I'm just so excited. Thank you so much. Come on. You're going to be like, 
going out to eat, everybody. It's on me. I got a blank check. What if somebody gave you a house this morning? Yeah, come on. You're going to be all kinds of, you're going to be flipping chairs over like, we'll stack them up later, but we're going to have a praise break right now. I've been asking God for a house and he gave it to me. I didn't even have to pay for it. Come on. They're, they're, you know, but we are so excited about things that are not really that significant. But let me tell you what. Jesus is better and more valuable than all of these things combined. And we should expressively be excited when we realize what he has done. That's a praise break moment. Because of what he has done, not what I've done. I didn't earn it. I didn't deserve it. If somebody gives me a car, they did it. They paid for it. They paid the bill. I just reaped the benefits. Somebody gave me a house. I didn't pay for the house. It came to me. That's what Jesus did. He just did it for us, and he gave it to us. And we should be excessively excited about that. I'm about halfway through my message. We're doing okay? You excited yet? Yeah. If you got to take a lap, go get coffee, and come back, do whatever you got to do. Because if you're bummed out after this message, there ain't nothing else I can do for you. we got to be excited about the things of God. How about that last part of that verse 26? It says, He gives my body and my flesh rest. How many of you could use rest this morning in your body? Say, every single one of us. Thank you, Jesus. I'll just take it right now. I'm falling asleep right now, Pastor Noah, but I'm trying to get that excited. You're fighting it. Because we live in the flesh. But it says that he gives our body rest. You know, Pastor Noe takes a nap every single Sunday, God willing. Man, I'm talking deep sleep. I'm talking about waking up, and I'm like, I don't know where I'm at. Like, I wake up and say, oh, man, what time is it? What day is it? Did the Cowboys play yet? Three o'clock. Man, I might, admit, I might be in deep hibernation. I'll catch up. But, you know, that's something that I do every single week, God willing. Right? I rest why do you rest? Rest for your body. You know, it says that the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Matthew 26, 41, it says, watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Do you realize when we don't rest, our flesh is weak and our flesh is weak anyway, but when we don't rest, it causes us to make very poor decisions because it even cripples us more because where our flesh is tired, our flesh is flawed, and then it compounds it. But how many of you know if you stay in the flesh realm, very rarely, rarely will you feel like praising. But if you get into the spirit realm, praise is natural. You should not have to fight to praise. You should not have to fight to worship. But it should come out naturally. But it says you, you have to rest, really, because you live in a body. You know, I used to say, oh, well, I'll sleep when I'm dead. Pastor Noe changed that plan. This job has too much stress to stay awake for all of it. i got to sleep some of it out. Think about it. You know, sleep is just a sweet thing when you have some sweet, good, peaceful sleep. I mean, and sometimes it doesn't even have to be a lot, not even a full, full, full eight hours. But if you have good, peaceful, restful sleep, you will wake up with before the alarm. You can actually function without the cup of coffee. You actually wake up and you're not mad at the kids just accidentally because you didn't sleep good. It changes everything. But it says that he will actually give your body rest. That's something that's exciting to me. He said, Lord, you'll cause my body to rest. You'll cause me to recover. You'll cause all of these things to happen. You know, my body rests in hope. What is this hope? It's trusting in who Jesus is, not in who I am. Daniel 10, 8 and 9, it said, I have no strength left. My face turned deathly pale, and I was helpless. You ever been there? Listen to those words. I don't have it up there, so just listen to these words. I had no strength left. My face turned deathly pale, and I was helpless. And then verse 9, it says, Then I heard him speak, and I listened to him. And then listen to this response. I fell into a deep sleep, and my face to the ground. So there are moments, what, what I visualize is these are moments, these are bedtime moments where I am laying there and I'm seeking the Father's heart and He just begins to speak to me and His words just soothe me to sleep. And even while I sleep, you know what He's doing? He's ministering to my spirit. He's rejuvenating the body. He's causing hope to arise. 
Just because this body is failing, Lord, you're not done. Just because everything's not ideal, you're not done. And that spirit causes the flesh and the body to rest in the hope of who Jesus is. That's an awesome thing. You're like, I got to take more naps. Yes, you do. When we hope in the Lord, our body rests. Don't fear, don't fret. Just praise and allow God to fight your battles for you. You wonder why you're wore out? Because you're fighting in the natural. You're not fighting in the spirit. If you allow God to fight for you, and he does, and he promises that he will, you'll just stand back and you'll just watch the victory. And then when that victory begins to happen, that's when we praise. That's when we get excited. We say, Look what God has done. What did it require of you? Nothing. He just did his thing. He just showed off. You ever had God do that? He shows off his goodness. I hope you've seen that in your life at some point. If not, I'm believing God to show it to you where he shows off who he is. You know, every now and then, you know, uh, me and Becky, we uh, sacrificially gave. I always tell you how I give or what I give, but we gave, and, man, it was kind of like one of those, like, all right, I think we can do that. Like, you know, didn't know. We got a check in the mail for three times the amount we gave. Hallelujah. Like, everybody's like, oh, man, how much? I got to write check. How much? Like, triple? Okay. It was out of obedience. I didn't give to get. It's just how God did it. The motive wasn't like, all right, Lord, I need you to triple this and send it back to me because I ain't got the money. No, we had the money. And we were trusting God even if we didn't get anything back. But God shows off. He says, when you are faithful, when you do what I ask you to do, when you are led by my spirit, I will show off on your behalf. There's got to be moments. Allow God to show off in your life. Remember what Christ has done. Let him stir gladness in your heart. Let him give rest to your body this morning, right now, in this moment. I pray even as you're hearing this preaching that your body is being restored and rested and recovered. And you don't walk out of here dragging like you came dragging in. That there's just an excitement as you leave. Ask God to stir up gladness in your heart. Ask him to release rest in your body today. Just ask him to do that. Say, Lord, release rest in my body if you need it. If you don't need it. More power to you. I need it all the time. Allow him to do that in your life. So number three, what does he do that excites us? It says that God raised Jesus from the dead. And if he raised Jesus from the dead, guess what? He's going to raise us up also. That's the promise. you got to realize that is why the resurrection is so significant. Because if Jesus didn't resurrect, guess what? Well, that's going to be a bad last chapter of my life. You remove the resurrection, you remove the gospel. You never realize that, huh? So when we come to a place of salvation, you better believe in the resurrection. Because if not, you, you, you almost share a broken gospel. It's incomplete without a resurrection. We've got to realize that. You've got to realize that resurrection is our assurance of life after death. Okay? We've got to realize that resurrection, it removes... You know, our, our fear of death, but it, it allows us a hope to come. Do you realize that is why Easter celebration is so exciting? It's not about the candy-filled egg, but it's all about the empty tomb. There are many, many prophets that died and are, can be found in their tombs. They never found Jesus. They never found his body. They don't even know how he got out. All they know that the, the tomb was rolled back. All his garments were folded nice and neat. And then somebody actually showed up and said, where is he at? And two angels showed up and said, Where are you, what are you doing? Why do you seek the living among the dead? What they were saying, he is no longer here. He resurrected just like he said he would. So we can trust in what God says he will do every single time. Well, I don't understand how this resurrection works. I don't either, but it happened. Thank God for it. I had some people ask me, hey, what do you believe about cremation and burying? I was like, it's a good question. I was like, if God resurrects, he resurrects. I guess he can work it out. I don't know. The Bible doesn't tell you what to do. All I know is I get a glorified body. And when he calls us home, he'll work it all out. Be it in smaller particulates or decomposed. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> For all you Halloween gurus, you're like, oh. Okay. No, I don't know. I don't know how it's going to work. But if God can glorify it, he's going to glorify it. That ain't for me to figure out. That's what he does. 
So we have to we have to remember that if we were ra- that if he was raised, we were raised. The same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead also lives in us. You know, it says that the, the Spirit of Him. It says that if if Christ was raised from the dead, He will also give life to your mortal bodies because of His Spirit who lives where in each of us, in me, in you. That is something to be so excited about. We don't have to we don't have to build these tabernacles in these places and encourage the presence of God to come near us. He lives inside of us in the temple of our hearts. He's right there with us. Thank God for the resurrection. So we have to realize that we have resurrected power to be all that God has called us to be available right now to all of us. In this lifetime, we are guaranteed by Jesus' resurrection to come to life again. That's a praise break moment. I ain't got to fear death. I was talking to some friends about this whole pandemic thing and like, what's your thought? I mean, man, I'm real careful what I say. I've had people ask me, Pastor Noe, what do you think about this vaccine? I don't say nothing about the vaccine. I say, just don't live in fear. Pray about it. God says, give you peace, do it. He says, oh, no, don't do it. I'm, that's, I'm not going to find it in Scripture, but I am going to encourage you, don't live in fear. If I die, I die. I learned, I, I learned that a long time ago. It takes all the worry out of it. You're like, Pastor, no, you're saying you want to die? I'm not saying I want to die, but if I die, I die. But I know where my hope comes from. That's what it's all about. So he, he, God promises to raise us because Jesus was raised. Number four is the last point. It says, God reveals to us the way of life and fills us with joy. Joy in what? His presence. Man, His presence. Did you work that out? No, God worked that out in His Scripture. It just so happens we were focusing on His presence and all the aspects of what His presence does. But His presence, it it reveals the way and it fills us with joy in His presence. So if we're being exposed to His presence and we're not full of joy, if we're not excited... Are we really experiencing His presence? Because if His presence is fullness of joy, and you look like a bump on a log, what are you experiencing? Maybe you're not experiencing His presence. Psalm 16, 11. You're going to be there a while. I'm on my last point, but you're going to be there a little bit. So just hang out. If you get some joy, you can dance around or whatever. Just don't fall off. All right. Psalm 1611. I shared this a few weeks ago when we looked at our presence, uh, that his presence satisfies. But it says, you will make known to me the path of life in your presence is fullness of joy. And it says in your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Man, I will quote that scripture for a lifetime. Fullness of joy. Even when it's bad, man, full of joy. Even when I was like, Lord, I ain't seen you show off yet, but he has gifts and he wants to show off. So I'm like, Daddy, come on. I only got one life to live and my time's running out. Send everything you got. Right? He wants to give good gifts to us. We got to realize that. God made it very clear that Jesus is the only way. But thank God that it's through Jesus and not through myself. Think about it. There's, how many of you have ever had a bad week? that you really wanted to be honest and transparent, you came up here and we forced you to confess. I revoked my Christian card this week. Sorry, Pastor Noe. Like, I, I failed drastically. But we realized because Jesus didn't fail, it's all good. Because of His faithfulness, because of His obedience. It was what He did. It wasn't what I did. It was through Jesus. It wasn't through my works. Jesus is the only way. John 14, 6, it says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except, except through me. Knowing that all my salvation is based on what Jesus has done. And it's not based on what I've done or what I've accomplished or what I can do. That really excites me. That even on my bad day, my, my salvation is secured. Even on my failure days. Even if I dabble with willful sin, that God's blood is still deep. And will still cause me to be drawn to him that doesn't justify let me let me stay there just for a moment the blood of jesus doesn't allow you to sin anytime you want but god forbid we do 
His blood is deep enough and rich enough to cover us from all iniquity. We cannot continually sin if we've known the love of God. Because our heart will be driven towards pleasing God, satisfying God, pursuing God. Why once we've tasted and seen how good God is, will we go back and drink sewage water that we were once feeding on? Well, I never looked at it like that. That's what we do. When we go back, it says a, a pig returns to its slop and a dog returns to its vomit. You ever seen that? Some nasty stuff. That's what it looks like when you go back to your sinful ways and willfully choose it. But how many of you know that those that pig is stuck because of his nature? And you should be stuck following Christ because of your new nature. It changes us from the inside out. And there's things, there's passions, there's desires, there's new yearnings inside of us that cannot be contained and excite us and cause us to look foolish to the world. And the world says, what are you doing? You're looking foolish. You don't understand. I was here in pig slop. But then God resurrected and He changed. And here I am now today. I mean, excited. I don't care what you think. You're completely set. You don't think you look foolish rolling around in that pig slop? I'd rather over here praise, thinking about dancing on streets of golden when I go to heaven. Because if I can't praise now, it's going to be hard for me to want to praise in heaven. You know, right now we kind of have the choice to praise. When we enter heaven's gates, it's a prerequisite. Praise will happen 24-7, all the time. Because we will just bask in His goodness. Because His presence will excite, it will bring joy, it will bring satisfaction. True joy comes from and is only found in the presence of God. It's remembering what God has done for us. Psalms 35, it says, Sorrow lasts for the night, but it's joy. Man, it comes with the morning. I don't know if you've ever went to bed discouraged. And then you were woken up with the goodness of God. That He's as faithful as the rising sun. And you just sensed His presence. And you just sensed Him kind of like, you know, as, as I don't know if you've ever scooped your child up and just picked them up off the bed in the morning and just picked them up and carried them off and helped them kind of start their day. That's what God does to us. And we've just had this sense that, man, everything's going to be okay. I realize that God is just comforting. He's encouraging it's like one of those real good days. Like I'm talking God taking care of you where He actually sets out your clothes and your shoes and your socks and He sets you down and begins to fix your bed head and brush your hair. And like, man, I'm talking about just one of those mornings where the presence of God just takes care of everything. But that sorrow is what you dealt with during the night. But His joy is what promises that comes in the morning. I think about that every time I gather on a Sunday morning. Lord, it was a rough week, but I know on Sunday, that's where that joy, that's where that goodness, that's where that celebration, and reminds me who you are. It causes excitement to come out of me. We've got to realize that God promises to fill us. How many of you have ever prayed that, Lord, fill me up? Well, with what? With what does He fill us up? Many of us have prayed that. He fills us up with the joy of His presence presence. I've never seen someone get excited about something that does not bring them joy, but the contrary is true. We get excited about things that bring us great joy, and we have to realize that Jesus truly is the only joy bringer that ultimately satisfies. If nothing's bringing you satisfaction, you need to check your relationship with the Lord, because it's out of that satisfaction with Christ that everything else satisfies. You're chasing after the things of the world. That's not what's going to satisfy you. Satisfaction is found in His presence. In His presence is fullness of joy. He fills us with joy. This weekend I was reading in Acts. This is completely off the grid, but Acts 3, verse 19, it says, Therefore repent and turn back so that your sins may be wiped out. Verse 20, that seasons of refreshing may come from the presence of 
the Lord, and that he may send you Jesus, the one who has been appointed for you as the Messiah. I'm going to read that one more time. Therefore, repent and turn back so that your sins may be wiped out, that seasons of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord, and that he may send Jesus, who has been appointed for you as the Messiah. So if I were to get this envelope of this whole present series, that's what it's all about. I'm going to lick it, I'm going to seal it, I'm going to put a stamp on it. In His presence is what changes everything. When I'm filled with joy from His presence, I can't help but get excited. Pastor Noe, sorry I got so loud doing your message or I started shouting, I just could not contain it. I will always forgive you for that. But that should happen more often than not. I get excited because of what God has done and what He's doing and what He will continually do. I get excited because we are his sons and his daughters, and I get to be a part of what God is doing here on the earth. That he chose us and he allowed us to be co-laborers with him. That he empowered us and set us free. He made us worthy, guys. Made us worthy. Accepted us, wanted us. You're wanted, and you're loved, and you're accepted, and you are his. It says no one can pluck you out of his hand. <laughs> so now what? It's where it all comes together. Because it really comes back to you. What do you do with this present series? Do you golf clap and say, all right, what's next? And don't apply anything you've learned. Or do you allow this present series to continually change your life for the rest of your life? It says, in God's presence there is fullness of joy. And, his pro and He promises to fill us up with the joy of His presence. And when that happens, excitement should come out of us through the expression of our lives. I had a pastor in Dallas, and I, this will probably forever be etched in my mind. It's probably why I smile a lot. Because he said, if you are happy, notify your face. You know, there are many people like, I'm excited. He's like, had me fooled. Like, you don't look excited. Notify your face. So what should we do? We should smile. We should shout. We should clap. We should jump. We should tell others about Jesus. It should affect every single area of our lives. Every area of our lives. You know, this year, God blessed us with being able to build a porch on the back of our house. Our house is not huge. If you've been there, ever been there, I mean, we utilize every square inch of that house. But this porch was just a godsend to us. I go out there and I sit and I, sit and I just sense God's presence and His goodness. What are you saying, Pastor Noe? You need a porch? I didn't need a porch, but God gave me a porch. He gave me more than I needed. He gave me a place to rest and recover. You know what I did this last week? I had a TV sitting in the, in the garage. I put a TV on that porch. Now I'm living big life. Drink a cherry Coke out there and watch a football game. Man, I'm like, I'm living big time. It is the goodness of God in my life that causes even these little insignificant things. You're like, well, I got a porch. Well, maybe you haven't got the gratitude of why you got that porch yet. You've taken it for granted because you don't see the goodness of God in everything. But when you see the goodness of God in everything, guess what? It excites you to a place that's uncontrollable. Moving on. I need you to ask yourself this morning, am I truly excited about the things of God and do I get excited about my relationship with Him? I'll pause there just for a minute. This is a personal question. Do you get excited about the things of God? Maybe you don't. Maybe you've run dry. Maybe you're at that place of where you say, Pastor Noe, I, I don't feel satisfied and I don't feel excited. Let me tell you what, His presence will change all of that. If you're not excited about God, maybe you truly have never seen or you have never known Him for who He really is. I was always satisfied even before I had my porch. I was satisfied just to have a house. 
foreclosed, busted up, needed every square inch remodeled. I'm excited about that little house. Required a lot of sweat of my brow to get it to where it is now. But we realize that when God is in our life, everything else is just an increased measure of the satisfaction, of the provision, and the blessing of God in our life. Realize what you have right now is more than a huge percentage of the world. And that's something to be thankful for. We're sitting in a sanctuary with padded chairs, with great lighting, and an air condition. So many things to be thankful for. But God wants to reveal more of His presence to you. And it's in knowing Him that excitement will come naturally. So three things I want you to do this week. Number one, ask God to fill you up with joy. Because let me tell you what, if He fills you up with joy, I'm talking about filled up, there's not room for anything else. But you'd be full of joy. This only comes from time in His presence. So, Pastor, no, I've been looking for that joy. You've been spending time in His presence? Well, no, we'll get to His presence. Because in His presence is that fullness of joy. Number two, praise God like no one is watching. You ever had somebody walk in and you're dancing in your room or something, you're cutting up and you're like, oh, got to act right now. Praise like no one's watching. Break off the fear of man. Break off what people see or what you think people will think. All that matters is that God is pleased with your praise and, pray and pleased with your worship. I'll tell you what, praise breaks, they're not just for church time. They're for lifetime. That moment where God takes care of it. When you pay off a debt, when you have the ability to pay a bill, when you're able to pay your house note, your lights, all of these things, when you're able to eat a meal, we take that stuff for granted. Cut off your food for a little while, be like, oh, wow. Right? So many things to praise God for. Number three, practice a praise break sometime this week and please make it a habit. Find something. Might get in your car and you crank it and it starts. Thank you, God, that my car started this morning. And be thankful where you're at and see what God does in the future. Because if we're thankful for what we have now, we will continually be thankful for what God gives us in the future. Thank you for joining us for the Harvest Time Church podcast. We hope you've been encouraged and empowered. If you'd like more information about our family, please write us at 42 FM 2540 South, Bay City, Texas 77414. Or check us out on the web at harvesttimebaycity.com.